I know, like the last one that I had, um, I faded it out a bit, but I think I rushed the second one. And now I've decided... I kind of like the abruptness of it, it's quite us. <laughs> just fucking gay. Like you just don't know when we... There we are. That's it. We're there. Yeah. We're doing it. I keep making sudden jolty movements that no one can see. <laughs> we are, aren't we? We've been really aggressive <laughs> what? towards the mic. Maybe we need to live video these as they happen so people can understand what's happening. I was going to set up like a, a tripod and like have like a live YouTube feed. Well, but like where it's not consistent. Let's do it. Where it's, it's, it's like, oh yeah. Honestly. I'm actually quite cold at the moment, so. Are you? Yeah. Oh, fuck, I didn't put my heat pay, on. Pay £10 a nipple. <laughs> Go put your heat on. I'll, I'll keep them entertained. All right. Chat shit for a second. Um, just put her headphones down. She's <laughs> getting up from her seat, avoiding all cables surrounded by her feet. Alright, Adam Brown. Chloe takes one step into the hallway, and she's now in the dark, searching for the appropriate button to press. We hear a click in the distance. We hear the shuffle of her feet <laughs> come back into the room. And now. She takes seat, getting comfortable and present in today, ready to partake in role play. Ready to partake in role play. Stupid dumb bitch. So you told me to keep them entertained. I did not do that. Um, but I did, <laughs> You kept did me feel, entertained. I, I did fill the time. <laughs> so um, we've just come from... Was that your first session at to- yeah, like first, first session. real session at Total? First real class slash session. You've been there before, haven't you? Yeah, to, to do... get beat up by Haley. Yeah, it's a it's a fun experience. I love it. <laughs> uh, the savagery on offer is great. No, um, it's a really nice atmosphere there. Really good class. Mm. Um, I love yeah, it. Yeah, I, like... I loved everything about it. To be to be fair, and I'm not just saying that because I know the guys and everything else. Um, I'd be brutally honest if I didn't like it. Um, I wouldn't. I'm too nice. <laughs> no, it was generally like a really nice atmosphere. Everyone there was so friendly and welcoming. Um, the class was well ran. Um, yeah, I can't fault it. Can't fault it. Excellent. Five stars. Well done, Haley. Well done, Stu. Well, you don't want to give him five stars. Like, give him 4.8. Why? We always have to give... We, ev- what? You can't be given... F- because no, it's not believable if you always give five stars. I always give five stars. That's just who I am as a person. Yeah, like, but I, I so no severely room for want improvement. I'm not saying that there's an improvement look, needed, but you gotta look. Hang on. In our, in it's like literally the last like, you episode know you were talking. Says that I'm a ten out of ten. I'm just like, don't do that to me because it's like, what happens when I don't. I'm no longer a ten out of ten. <laughs> Just, give me, just say I'm an 8 out of 10. Hang on. Like, literally in the last episode, you were like, I just want people to like me. I'm and joking. I... <laughs> this is why people don't like me. Because you're a fucking bitch. I am. But no, no I'm joking. Be... It was definitely a five-star experience. Um, 
I've been to loads yeah. of classes, like, up and down the country, and, um, like, uh, Stu's changed the format of the class. Um, when was it? Probably about a year ago now. Probably more, because my training's so sporadic. <laughs> um, but no, like, moving to the King of the Hill rounds is, like, so cool at the end of the class just getting yeah. to roll with everyone getting to mix up all of the body sizes and all of the skills and experiences there i like um the whole specific spar in there i think yeah. it's really good to um sort of implement what you've learned into mm. um well put it into practice yeah so i think you know um during the training and practicing it you're doing it so slow and simultaneously to like really drill those yeah. movements and positions and then to be able to go in yeah, it would go into spar and then and put it into practice in live format where you're actually getting challenged it's um did night. you get to do the moves in uh like with resistance yes <laughs> of course <laughs> you would say but at every gym there is a mr ego <laughs> <laughs> i just said it anyway <laughs> no no it's a. Uh... He's good fun. <laughs> like, um, yeah, like at every gym, you do have that, like, he's very specific in, like, Oh, we, we're going into at. that, aren't we? Yeah. Okay, don't give him the time of day on a well, live podcast. We're not giving it to an individual, we're giving uh, it to a type of person. So, like, at every gym, you're going to uh, run into, gym, you, like, someone yeah. who specialises in something, but then crumbles when they're put against... A female. Not even a, just a, a female. female. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, um... Can't lose to a female. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't think it's that. Like, I think it's just losing in... Not even... <laughs> this is my issue. Because, like, if you're in the gym, like, it's not really losing. You're just training. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. No, I see what you're saying. But like, anyway, let's let's go away from this. Um, no, I I, uh, I honestly no. want to talk about it. Like, if you've got like, they make good sparring partners uh, for very specific training. Like, if I you're suffering, for, in... I do for. I think they do for women who are of a higher belt. Mm. The issue with people like that is, I get worried when they're against white belts, white belt females like. Because it's not about progressing them, it's about showing them up. And yeah. there was, yeah, I yeah I can see that. So I think it all depends on who you are, like, mm. and how what degree are they willing to take their ego to? Yeah, but that's that. Anyway, we um, both went and trained um, at the women's yeah. class at Inspire yeah. yesterday. That was fun. Um, yeah, like the massive class, wasn't it? Like yeah. huge. Um, ran by Nat, and Nat's off to the world now. Um, That'll be fine. Um, I wonder, like, good going to her. I hope she does well. Um, and it was the first time I got to um, roll and sort of, well, train with Tanya, because we didn't get to roll, did we? Um, what, me and you? No, the first time I got to roll with Tanya. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've never... Um, like done anything and she is a fucking beast <laughs> yeah bloody hell i don't she's know so who much I, fun I, to roll to be with fair, well. i think i'm more scared of her than her husband <laughs> <laughs> no um just awesome i liked it when i'm 
when I'm less mumpy um, <laughs> and I got my fitness back, I'd love to get like a proper role with her because I think she's um, awesome at what she does, like as strong in mm. her basics and everything, like just a savage. It was really yeah. like, good to have um, someone of her pedigree um, on the good mat. Good word. <laughs> Yeah. Excellent work. Just swallowed a dictionary before I turned up. <laughs> you swallowed something. Your pride. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <It's fimpto. laughs> um so yeah, like the competition rounds that we did at Inspire like I if I'm honest, the last couple of weeks I really enjoyed there. Because mm-hmm. um I like that format of class. Like, don't get me wrong. I like learning, like, technique and stuff as well. But that's kind of the sparring setup that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Where you just drill top to bottom, top to bottom. I think it's um sometimes nice because the format we're talking about is... For me, in my head, it's more like competition class yeah. format where it's just sparring like just sparring but specific sparring and taking Mm. it into different positions and sometimes when you go to comp classes when it's with the blokes because everyone's like that high level it can get a bit like intense intense to the point where you're like oh why did i come here but it's kind of like when it's a group of females at the same time everyone's quite understanding like i like i'm Mm. recovering from a month so i think there was like two or three rounds i was like out same with um, Tanya, same with yourself, with your back. Like, we were all sort of like, <laughs> you know, we'd j- jump and go, jump and go. Like, but it was like mm. a nice atmosphere where everyone was giving it the same pace. Like, yeah. no one. And I think that sometimes, like, because when you've got a mixture of women, like, we've, mm. we had a purple belt all the way to white belts on the mat. Mm. And, um, like, even when we were going with the white belts, you don't go full on out on I... them. Like, they, <laughs> Like, you give them a bit and they learn and mm. it was a nice atmosphere where everyone sort of... Like the white belts there. I, I like the um, the white belts there because they all have, like, really good understanding of pressure and, mm. like, um, like really good fundamentals of passing and stuff. So it's... Um, I like playing bottom there because it yeah. really challenges my guard retention. And yeah, like, the, the women there, like... Are, a decent yeah like and i'm at t- like women are decent <laughs> like no i mean on this country of belts not i shouldn't have said women i yeah. should have said the white belts there are decent they're a decent standard so even i when it's like get they put me in side control i'm still gonna have a hard time like they had some savage 17 year old on the match is awesome the yellow belt no no um, blue blue emily emily oh my god She's, she's savage. She, if she keeps it up and keeps that strength and keeps progressing, she's going to be a world champion in the future. I love her to pieces. She's literally one of my favourite people on the planet. Hmm. Like, um, because, like, she's undeniably a really good, like, grappler, not just mm-hmm. for her age, but in general for that belt level. But I love the fact that she can be silly at the same time. Like, yeah. Because that. Like, not everyone can. When you... I get it, in the sense where when you meet, I don't want to say, young adults who've mm. done the martial arts, it can sometimes be very serious or too serious yeah. to the point where, you know, I'm surrounded by adults, like, I'm going to be very serious and do this. Mm. But it's nice to see her still just 
be fun and still get it. A kid. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, to be <laughs> fair, we act more like kids than she does. So, yeah. yeah like, we're but all it's... kids together. Um, like, that's the thing. Like, she's an absolute savage. Yeah. Like, she can turn it on. But she, like, even when she is, you can still have a laugh of her whilst you're rolling. Yeah. And, like, it's... Uh, it's just so it's one of the reasons I love that class so much like that's it's kind of what starts my week off right I know that if I can get to that class I'm gonna have a good week because like the atmosphere there is just very um uplifting Mm -hmm. like not to say that all of my other classes aren't because they are but like it's just a really good start to the week to go there and get beaten up by I think it was um well Nat brought up something really good at the end of the class mm. and um it was all about mental health and within bjj and yeah. how important it is that um you Talk. know a lot of people seek out martial arts or brazilian jiu-jitsu as a form of um sort of escapism mm. and i think that's i think that can be broadly said across across martial arts yeah like the amount of memes you see where it's like (laughs) um, a stick holding up a building it's like bjj and then (laughs) uh, the building that's collapsing is like stress anxiety (laughs) um and i think it's something that you know a lot of people do use brazilian jiu-jitsu as a form of um helping their mental health yeah and how it's important that we sort of talk to one another and Mm. open up and that if we just come into training just to get out the house because of our headspace that it's it's you know she said it's um it's fine to just come and just say i'm here yeah but i'm not here like yeah but and i thought that was something really nice to say because I, i know sometimes where you can be in your own head a little bit and yeah. you think about going to training and you're at home and you feel in a certain way and it's a bit like I don't want to go there because what if and I, I kind of yeah. the weird thing is I did t- kind of talk about this I think it was like last week or the week before that when I um was struggling a little bit or yeah. in the wrong headspace it's hard to then go to this new gym yeah. and make good impressions or yeah. show what you're made of and that when it's a new gym and not everyone knows you because you're scared you'll come across in the wrong way when actually mm. you're just a bit of an anxious mess mm. and that was kind of nice to hear it um at the end of the class because it sort of takes the pressure away yeah like because yeah. well, obviously if you've been at a team for ages so when i was at gb birmingham i could walk in and everyone knows your life story anyway yeah. so everyone would be like how are you doing oh, are you going for a break or are you going like <laughs> You know, you're going through stress at work or this, this, this. And everyone knows your story. So if they know that you're off or you're just not in the right space, they kind of like go, go on, safe. Like, or yeah. they just they know how to into, deal with you. Yeah. Um, or they know that you're not 100%. But when it's a mm. new team and they don't know you that well, I suppose they don't, they can't gather. Yeah, um, like they might just think that that's... Gather your personality yeah. and that you're a bit off. So I think it was um, really nice and reassuring that she said to everyone at the end is it's an open space. So if you are struggling, then it doesn't matter even not the women's class in any class. Come to me and um, David. David and just say, look, with I'm struggling. Like, you know, yeah. you don't have to say anything or you can just say, just take not, one not that great today, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm here. That's that. Yeah. And then they can be really 
really understanding of that and just say you do what you want to do of course um and i feel like that's a really nice environment to be welcomed to and yeah. just sort of have that understanding like especially when you're in uh one of those negative head spaces like mm. um like i've gone through it recently where just getting dressed i was just like what's the point yeah. so like just getting to the gym is the hardest part and like getting the motivation to get up get your gear together go to the gym like get into the gym and like as soon as you get there you cross the threshold and you see people you know and people start engaging and talking with you like things start to get fine um but like i've been sat in the car park a couple of times and just gone i can't do it tonight and then go home and just lie in bed yeah like it um it's like everyone knows like my story because I don't stop talking about it. So mm. I, I always like but you know get self conscious about it. You know like, what's weird about that is um I it's it's an odd situation, isn't it? Because I, I remember once I went to G B Bristol mm. um to Yeah, I was I was down in Bristol and I was like, Oh I'll go to G B Bristol and get like a session in and I remember I pulled up outside and just I don't know why and I think it was the fact that I used to put so much pressure on myself to be good at everything Mm. or I was feared that if I went in and I did shit that like I put a lot of pressure on myself to perform all the time and be on my best Mm. like game and I turned up and I literally just overwhelmed with anxiety and I was just having a panic attack in my car and I just lay in the back of my car, like, oh my God. <laughs> and then I was like, but I didn't want to tell. Um, so I sh- shouldn't probably put it. So I was dating some girl in Bristol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I went, um, and then I was like, oh, I'm going to go training. She was mm. like, fine. So I went there. And I had suffered with that panic attack. And then I was like, oh Going shit, home. I can't. <laughs> I can't leave now to go back to hers, which was the plan, because she'll know that I wasn't... Training. Training. Like, that, and she'll be like, what's up? And, you you know, when you're freshly yeah. dating someone, you don't want to be like, oh, we just had a panic attack. Deal with that. <laughs> um, so I remember I, I just sort of drove around for like a good hour or so just to try and chill. And then I went back and, oh, how was training? Yeah, great. Loved it. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> and it wasn't till I think, like, a bit further down the line, I think it was like four months later, I was like, yeah, so you know time I told you I I actually was having a panic attack. So, um, like, but yeah, like, and I don't think it's any difference because even when I was with GB, like, Birmingham, family, love everyone there, I'd still sometimes suffer with that overwhelming feeling Mm. if I was just off. But the nice thing was, is I'd, I would drop Pepsi, drive into the car park, lay there, close my eyes and try and get a nap before training so i'd purposely leave early yeah because i knew if i didn't leave early and if i left it when i was in that state that i'd turn around or i'd go oh yeah. i'm never gonna make it oh and i'd find excuses so i'd leave early try and have a nap in the car park and i think sometimes a lot of the people knew that like knew yeah. without knowing and then they'd, they'd always knock on the window and be like come on like, like grab me i'm and... having a nap yeah <laughs> I'm resting. <laughs> like, going back to what you were saying about, um, like, especially in a new relationship, like, um, do you not find, like, I I literally have very, 
a very low opinion of this at the moment because like it's been a while since I've been in that like position but like do you not feel that like people now are more open and receptive and understanding when you start to talk about mental health issues when you're going into uh, a relationship yeah massively um and I think it's all down to self-development as well um because that oh, when was that that must have been about three four years ago mm. um no three years ago maybe and um I think you develop as a person anyway and I think you become more aware of what mm. triggers you and what happens and um, I think it's really important to speak that. So I remember my last girlfriend, the first, like, I remember just being like, oh, like, um, when we'd open, open up to each other about stuff, we'd just tell each other what triggered us and yeah. what sort of, um, like, what we could deal with and what we couldn't. Yeah. And I think it's important to be like that because I think ugh, this is the issue now that I think with society and all that is I think mental health is such an open subject to a certain degree mm. with our age group and everything and like the younger generation that we're happy to talk about it and say this. But I also think that people um, flippantly use depression and anxiety. Yeah. Oh, I'm depressed. I'm anxious. Well, actually, like... You're just sad. They're not the same thing. Like, yeah. they're not... Don't put them into the same bracket. Are you depressed or are you just sad because you should feel sad because something's happened yeah because if you are just sad about something let's talk about it but depression is something you cannot you can't just talk about and help are you severe like yeah and then i think sometimes it's like oh man i I, I suffer with anxiety and it's like well do you suffer with anxiety or do you have certain triggers that make you anxious yeah so stuff like that um and i think it's really important that we don't just be like and yeah just a nation of this 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 because it's easy to um, undermine people's actual um, state of mind sometimes. Yeah. Um, So when, yeah, but I do think when you're going into a new relationship, you should talk about it. But at the same time, like, I think when it's so fresh, you don't want to, like, you want to be open, but you don't want to freak people out because, what, if I start going, yeah, so I had um, this happen, this happen, this happen, you're going to be like, (laughs) oh, shit. (laughs) Okay. It's like an epic. What's that movie with them? <laughs> Where they're all in the institute. Oh, what's it called? And it's got Angelina Jolie in. Like gay icon. I know movie. which one you mean. Oh my god, what's the name? Um, Beautiful Creatures? No. No. Oh my. What it's is the one where fucking Brittany Murphy kills herself. Yeah. Yeah. Winona Ryder. Yeah. Oh, what? Crawling. The no. craft keeps oh. coming into my head. Oh. Fucking hell. Oh, this is going to annoy me. You're supposed yeah. to be gay. It's ruined my joke. It's ruined my joke. But anyway, that's, you know, you're not going to be like, oh, well, we're going to end up there. Um, no, but at the same time, like, there's not having that understanding. I think what can annoy me, especially in, within people, is if they say... They suffer with things, or but they don't become aware of their triggers. Mm. That annoys me because I think if you're expecting someone to understand your like your mental health within a relationship and building a relationship, you have to understand it yourself. Yeah. Um, and that's sometimes what 
do you feel that they should be taking steps to uh, manage and mitigate their depression and anxiety trigger triggers? Because like. Like you say, if they're oblivious your, to it, it's the thing fine, is, your like, mental health is your responsibility. It's no one else's. Um, I agree with that to a degree, but yeah, not if you are, if you are over to a certain degree that you cannot do it yourself, mm. that you have to have the help, then that's fine. But sometimes I think there are a lot of people that are reliant on Feedback others, mothers, yeah, and I think sometimes it's your own journey. That if you're not willing to learn or analyse or think through your own thoughts and identify them and really delve in deep, then how can you expect a partner to understand what you can't understand? Yeah. And I'm only saying this because I think it's easy for people to moan and be like, you're not understanding my mental health. And it's like, well, tell me then. Yeah. Like, express to me your triggers... What could say, what can do, and I'll always take the time to learn from it and do things. But if you can't understand it yourself, then yeah. how do you expect me to understand? Because it's just a guessing game for me, and I'd, I don't need to be uh, the wrath of it. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, like, I'm, I'm only saying that because that's that's my perspective. There's many perspectives. If I, if I went in deeper, I could be like, yeah, well, you do this. Is it? Well, but, like everyone, the thing is, like, most mental health issues affect people differently because like obviously everybody has a different trigger for it yeah like some people have uh, deep-seated issues that carried over from childhood some people have traumatic experiences and like things just build the fucking girl interrupt me that's all you had to say why are you interrupting me because you're boring me jokes I love <laughs> continue Continue where you were at. I'm sorry that you, I've messed up your flow. So, like, I've only really had one actual... what Or something that could be considered a relationship in the past, like, three or four years. And um, that was with this girl called Robin. And, like, we were messaging back and forth. And, like, we both just... We were both just talking about how messed up we were. And I was like, um, well, that must be a great day. Bloody it was actually really <laughs> fun. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> we both. <laughs> Stop laughing at my pain. <laughs> um, but, like, we both experienced, like, these really, uh, like, traumatic downs. Mm. But we both also in a better place now where we can look back and kind of laugh at how. Not silly, but how bad they were. It's yeah. just like, oh, I did this, this and this. Like, oh yeah, well, I sleep 18 hours a day when I can't be bothered to do anything. Weekend? What weekend? That's just a big nap. Like, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I, like you can build connections through common trauma. Or yeah. common, like, <laughs> um, but I also think as well, as, like, as I'm getting on, as I'm getting on, as I'm getting older and developing more... I'm starting to realise that is it is your partner more to understand and then be an escape from it rather than no be be the reliant of it or the and I don't know there's there's two ways because I'm I'm saying sometimes if you if 
your relationship revolves on that or talking about it or so that could it way, be a bit of a downer i'm asking i'm asking that in the sense like, of the way i see it so shut up <laughs> like hello your partner isn't your Hi. carer essentially so for me personally a partner is someone who's supposed to be there and offer help where they can mm -hmm. they're not supposed to try and fix your problems they're supposed to be um a shoulder to lean on um all the hard work has to be done by you no one can hold your hand through it like you can go to therapy you can do uh, meditation and all of these other things to kind of uh, rearrange the trauma in your head and sort things out but like their ultimate like position is secondary to you so like uh when i was married we were both going through uh obviously a, a, a tough time at the end like as things were coming apart and stuff but like we both still very much loved each other and we understood that so like whilst we were both in pain we would still just sit in the living room together but not really talking to one another like being together is enough for like a lot of the time like and also if i'm having a bad day and something's gone wrong like sometimes you like if i'm gonna like talk to you about like what's gone wrong in my day and stuff mm -hmm. I don't want you to go, oh, oh, did you think about doing this, this and this? Did you think you about doing that? To like, no, I just want someone to <laughs> be a, a post and go, yeah, <laughs> and agree with all the bullshit decisions I made throughout the day. Like, you'll never guess what this fucker did. No way. What a bitch. Like, you don't have to listen. <laughs> you just hit the key points. I think this is a really good point because what you're saying is, um, I think kind of everything that I'm not mm. <laughs> because um, <laughs> one thing that I discovered massively when I went to therapy is how much of a rescuer I am yes um, and it's just through my upbringing through everything I sometimes don't know how to take the back seat mm. um, and it can become quite overbearing and everything you said then sort of took me back to like everything that I know <laughs> And maybe that's why I'm a bit more avoidant of... Um, Building connection straight away. Nah, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but be falling into a trap of um, rescuing someone again. Yeah. That's probably why I was a bit more like, it's your own, it's your own situation. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll help you, but I don't want to... That's something for me where I have to rigidly make sure I'm not mm. a rescuer again because it becomes quite detrimental towards me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a really good thing that I'm going to share it with everyone because um, the therapy in total cost me like probably a grand or so. So um, it's a grand worth of information getting free off me. Uh, <laughs> if you look at the um, send your pain Cartman, yeah. <laughs> if you look at the Cartman drama triangle. We'll post um, up an infographic on it's the Instagram. A triangle, <laughs> and it holds like three people: like yeah. the rescuer, typical me. Um, Overhelpful, self-sacrificing, needs to be needed. <laughs> um, and then that means that they discount others' ability to think for themselves. Terrible, aren't I? 
Um, but then the other side, you've got the victim. Mm. So they downtrodden, helpless, complains of unmet needs, discount self. <laughs> and then the other one is the per... Pers- Perpetrator? Persecutor. Persecutor, that's the word, dyslexic. You're literally reading it. Shut (laughs) up, I'm dyslexic. Um, Aggressive, angry and judgmental. Discounts others' value and integrity. Listen up, stupid. So then three, pretty much they say, is um, what what kind of happens is, as me as the rescuer, Mm. I will flippantly go between the rescuer and victim. Because I'll try and rescue someone, get, I don't need your help, like, I don't need that, I just need you to listen. Yeah. I don't need you to do this for me, I just need you to listen and agree with me. And So they flip it. between So then they go persecutor. into the persecutor, and then I end up going, oh, sorry, <laughs> I don't know, I'm sorry, I just tried to help. Tell and me then we I can tend- be friends again. So, on the flip side, we have the winner's triangle. That's <laughs> how we've got to live our life. The nurturing, giving help when asked cares and understands doesn't need to be needed by others except others ability to think for themselves the other one is vulnerable shares real feelings except self the other one assertive knows own feelings needs and wants non-judgmental uses i messages accepts others value and integrity Okay, this is where I'm trying to be. <laughs> because yeah. I've... I try... Obviously, as a nurturer, you're, that's the rescuer. It's yeah. just being a positive nurturer. Yeah. Um, so for me now, to stop myself from going into the rescuer mode, I always go, um, do you need anything from me? Is there anything I can help you with? Yeah. So I will never do anything unless... You're actively told that they need help. Yeah. Unless I'm told, yeah, could you do this for me or yeah which becomes quite frustrating then because when you're using it on people (laughs) and then they go oh it loses its value if you don't just do it Mm. it becomes quite frustrating because it's like but you may get pissed off if I do it or you may not and yeah so it becomes quite hard to stick with that and obviously um but it's something that I won't ever do now I'll never like just I'll always be like Okay, you're telling me this. Do you need any help with it? Like, do you want me to help anything? Or do you just want me to sit and listen to you? Yeah. Um, See, like, um, the second triangle, the winner's triangle, like, that's the kind of stuff that I learned going from uh, a developer to a management role in my last job. Like, um, I very much went into that role wanting to be a leader, not a manager. Because, like, I'm too... I'm too emotionally involved with the people that I work with. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't distance myself from them that well. So uh, I get quite emotional. So I, I'd use I statements. I let people know how I'm feeling. But, like, at the same time, I created an open environment so that people could, like, people felt safe to voice their opinions to me without uh, like knowing that there wouldn't be any recourse past me if they didn't want there to be. And um, they knew that I was always going to fight their corner because that's what I demonstrated as a leader. Yeah. And like, um, as soon as I took the role and I was given the position, I took everyone into a room and I was like, 
this is me and this is you. You're developers. I'm the manager. That's, that's how the role works. So if you need something done, you tell me and I'll do it. And you guys can just develop. Because that's always been my biggest frustration as a developer, mm -hmm. where they expect you to manage lots of different things. And it's just like, mm, I'd rather just fucking program, if that's okay. <laughs> it's kind of what I'm getting paid for. And like, it's good to have a, a hands-on manager where you can just say, look, this person hasn't given us this, this, and this. I go, excellent. I can go to them or their manager and get the information from them. And like, it's more of a symbiotic relationship rather than uh, like, didactic like you're doing this you're doing this you're doing this why haven't you changed this this and this yeah like, i can take a lot of the stress off their shoulders and then allow them to do the work that they need to do you sound like a really great manager <laughs> i i really love managing you've like, done so well in your career in hr uh i'm not in hr I'm <laughs> <laughs> you bummed her um that's no diss to anyone in hr it's just a running joke isn't it that hr's like boring job i don't know i've never worked in hr it might be exciting they might have a party every day probably they can't be hiring party people in all the time. <laughs> i really want to be like the only reason i want to be in hr is so that i can get all the gossip <laughs> what hr people do yeah like uh all the people I, who are filing I like fucking... sexual assault complaints oh, and right. shit. <laughs> that's not gossip that's criminal offense <laughs> um Actually, I love all the women at HR in the fire brigade. They're so savage. They ruin. <laughs> they, they 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 just ruin all the men, and I love it. Like in my old brigade, there was this um, woman, and she was in charge of HR, but she might as well have been the chief of the fire brigade because <laughs> everyone was terrified of her. She sorted out everyone's payments, so if she hated you. She could just be oh fuck it. Oh, sorry, oh, I didn't process it in time. Oh, no. <laughs> she, she never that bad, but she was <laughs> so great. And I remember when I was having some shit with like a male, um, one of the heads of the fire brigade. She literally just, oh, I shouldn't probably say that. She's no one's gonna listen from the fire brigade. Um, <laughs> she just um, called me up and was like, "What do you need your help with? Like, do you want me to sort him out?" And um, yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> I just love HR women. They're savage. They just run the show, don't they? They're good people. Mm. Um, like, oh, what was I going to say? My current manager. Like, I got my manager for Secret Santa this year, and we had our uh, gift exchange last Thursday. Oh, fuck. What? I forgot to get the Secret Santa present for... I haven't got a Secret Santa present for Saturday, and I'm at work all the next couple of days. Go to, like, a 24-hour Asda something i meant to get someone from asta they have everything like, i got it for one of my mates and she's an absolute nightmare of a human being and i really wanted to get her a fake handbag or purse just for the bands like a really ugly fake burberry bag because all she has is designer things uh, order it online get it sent to you like your mom's house or something <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah anyway you got your manager yeah and like I love her with all my heart. Like she's literally one of my favorite people on the planet. Um, when uh, that the company that I work for now originally um, contacted me to hire me, um, she sent me a message saying, "Look, I need to speak to you for just like five minutes, just to see if you're a, a fit for the team and stuff." And we, uh, she caught, she Facetimed me. I, I fucking hate Facetime. 
Like, it's the worst. I'm going to FaceTime you every day now. No, don't. Hey. Um, but, like, we spoke for, like, two minutes, and I knew within that two minutes that I wanted to work for her because she was so positive and enthusiastic for the work that she was doing, and she just had she's just someone who's done it all so she's progressed through the company and done all of the jobs and she has like a very she's a slut of a trade mm, not a slut she is french though i know um bonjour <laughs> bonjour je m'appelle sophie <laughs> j'habite à Brackley. <laughs> why'd you become russian when you speak french je m'appelle sophie that's my accent for every accent love it i love it but like so I got her some, I told everyone that it didn't matter who I got, I was getting them a dildo. And then I got her, I was like, fuck, I have to get her something nice, because I love her so much. Just um, get her a nice dildo. Well, I'll, I'll say it in a second. Like, <laughs> at the end. Um, so I got her, like, two books. Um, I'll get them up, because... No one can see on this podcast. What do you mean? No one can see you getting them up on your phone. Yeah, but... Look what I've got up at the moment. (laughs) No one can see it. It's mysterious. It's disgusting. Put it away. So Mysterious girl, I want to get close to you. (laughs) I got her a book called I'm Absolutely Fine, uh, a manual for imperfect women. And another book called Surrounded by Idiots, the the four types of worker. And, um, Do they have a book in series of that where it's like, I am a fucking idiot because I can get that <laughs> from my mate. But like, she opened them and she almost started crying. She was like, whoever got me really gets me. And I was like, oh shit, my heart. <laughs> and then like, I got her a game or something and then she spent like 15 minutes going, you need to tell me who got me so I can give them a hug. And then, like, she came to me and she was like, someone needs to tell me because she's already been told off by HR (laughs) because it's inappropriate sexual contact. (laughs) Because she just hugs people. Uh She's a big hugger. And um, she was like, I'm going to give everyone a hug and I would happily get sacked for this. And I was like, fuck. (laughs) So then, like, later on in the day, I told her that, oh, it was me who got her and stuff and she gave me a hug. I was like, was you just feeling needy at that time of the day? Yeah. Sometimes I just need a hug. And, like, it's really difficult, like, being, like, a single person. Like, I'm so glad I've got jujitsu because I have, like, some kind of physical contact with people. You can hug me. I love hugs. No. It won't be sexual, but it'll be a nice one. Nice. It's not the same. (laughs) I fucking love hugs. They're the best. I was watching The L Word last night. Mm. Um... With a group of group of um, queers, and <laughs> <laughs> it was the airing airing um, party that a friend had put on, and we were just I'm about to say, and she started going, "Yeah, but you're needy, aren't you, Sophie? You're you're needy." And I was like, "Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> What's all this? There's a difference between needy and needing bodily contact all the time." Yeah, I would not say I'm a needy person. Maybe no. a little bit. I would not say I'm a needy person, but I do need bodily contact all the time. If it, and I would say all day. Every if I, day. I would say that if I, I, I don't understand when I see them couples 
and they're sat on different sofas. Yeah. I don't get that. I, I don't know whether that's me. I don't get that. I'm like, come here. Mm. One of us is getting cuddled. I'm either cuddling or I'm the... Or you're being cuddly. Yeah, cuddled. <laughs> but I just don't get... I like that. And I honestly... I don't understand why people don't like it. They feel smothered by it or it's too much. Mm. I don't understand that. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know what? Sit on, sit on my lap. Like, let's cuddle, let's do the... Like, I like that intimacy, holding hands, hand on the leg. What would you say is the most pleasurable, non-sexual, like, intimate thing to do with another person? If that makes any sense whatsoever. I really like touching hands. Like, gable grips? (laughs) (laughs) S grips? (laughs) interlocking fingers I don't know I like you know when people when you're driving in the car yeah I just like that sort of like a hand holding yeah. that to me is really cute it's like nice that's adorable um I like head pats and scratches like if someone like strokes my head when I'm lying down oh, like, that's like yeah but I'd say that's quite intimate isn't it you said not intimate I would say it's... like you it's know, not playing sexual. with the hair or massages or back tickles or like snuggles where you like touching each other is quite intimate, I'd say. That's why I'm thinking of way, like even mm. kissing is quite intimate. Yeah. That's why I'm going like really P- PC with the. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, little Miss PG 13. I like to hold her. But no, that was cool because like I am. Um... I remember when I used to like uh, drive uh, my ex-partner and I like around the country and stuff when we travel and like if we're just going down like a long road she just like put a hand on the lap and it's like oh everything's fine and she puts her hand on top of mine it's like yeah cool it's like just something contact that's all yeah. it takes it's nice yeah feeling close to another person and I think like um like the little things as well, like leaving notes for each other, or like presents with little notes in, or memories, or stuff like that. Um, I just. I had like... a look on my old Facebook a couple of days ago, and um, one of the memories on there was. Uh... <laughs> you should never look at memories. Never look at memories. They're only ever at... depressing. Yeah, but. Um... I don't know. Like, I've got the, the old account literally just for, uh, like, wedding pictures and stuff. But, like, I was going through it, and uh, it was, like, on this day, it was, like, uh, she posted... Oh, what was it? I got a surprise uh, birthday treasure hunt, even though it's <laughs> it's not my birthday at all. It's... In fact, eight months away from my birthday, and it's very much a surprise that I've got another birthday. But, like, I knew that she was going through a lot of stress at work, and things were starting to pile up and stuff. So, like, one weekend, she went to bed early on the Friday night, so I left a treasure hunt around the house for her, and I left, like, loads of little uh, presents just dotted around, and then I went out for the morning. And, like, she got to do the little treasure hunt and find all the presents and stuff. And, um, it's just 
This is the last one. Your present will be me coming home at approximately <laughs> 1pm. <laughs> With another person. No. Oh. <laughs> no, like, sometimes it's just nice to do things for the sake of doing them. Sorry if you can hear me scratching my head. Itchy. Itchy head. Um, I just sort of... Ow. Oh, are you okay? No, I'm not. It's not fair. Hang on. Let me just delete that. <laughs> I did see it coming, so I did give you the eyeballs. Um, what was I going to... Yeah, so, like, stuff like that, I think it's really... I don't know. It's just nice, isn't it? Yeah. It's just nice to keep the magic alive. Like, especially in long-term relationships, it's easy to it's fall like, into a... I think, like, people don't realise that it doesn't take, a, take lot. a fucking lot, does it? No. It doesn't take a lot to, like, write a message, like, in the morning and just be like, I hope you have a good day today. Or, I remember you know, one or, time... like, stuff like... Like, just... I, I remember once, like, I was, um... This is a long time ago. Um, I knew... I got up for work and, like, it was like a bit snowy and um i knew my ex would be getting up like for work about an hour later um so i just wrote on the car next have a good day dickhead um <laughs> with a big old penis in the snow on the car next to it and i think it went down well like it doesn't take a lot to be a thoughtful person no it's like just just bringing like, a smile it in did the take a lot i got a cold hand doing it but oh no that's not good. She was a dickhead, so. <laughs> I remember one time, one time I made a cat cry because I bought her a Mars bar. Like, <laughs> because, like, literally a week before, she was, like, she said, like, flippantly offhand, like, we saw an advert on the team and she's like, I haven't had a Mars bar in ages. And then one day I just left one on the counter for her, like, so that when she got up to go to work, she could be like, oh, yay, put it in her bag and go to work. But, like, she came up crying. She's like, you got me a Mars bar? I was like, yeah. It's not a big thing. Like, it just takes, you know, listening for a moment. And it's easy. Well. Note to self. Just just make a draft text message thing. Yeah. Like, that. generally, I think that's a really important thing in a relationship. It doesn't take a lot. But if you make a draft, and every time they say something because it's easy to forget isn't it like when you've got a lot going on but like oh like you know this like just type it in to remember like Mm. so when it does come to a time where it might be nice to get someone a present oh yeah you've got a list of cute ideas that have been mentioned or i do this all the time like to friends and family like if people just mention stuff that they like um like six odd months ago i have a really odd memory where like uh, like storefronts trigger memories and shit mm. and like stupid smells and stuff. I was like, oh, oh yeah, I'll, maybe I'll get them that. And I send them a present, I'm like, oh yay. So, like, it, like I say, it doesn't take a lot. And like, um, one thing that I've always lived by is like relationships are supposed to be easy, relationships are easy. Bad relationships are hard. Like, well, I've been in a lot of bad relationships. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I think I think it's all also good to know that I think even good relationships can go through bad patches. Yeah, 
but going through a bad patch in a good relationship is vastly different to going through a bad patch in a bad relationship. I suppose I'll let you know when I've been in a good relationship. <laughs> that is a true point, and that's an experience I've never had. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, that's a noise. That is a noise, and that was Chloe picking up her phone and being very... I'm literally present within this podcast. Look, why are you even being like this? Like, who do you even think you are at this point? Eh? Eh? I'm so eh? fucking noons. Well, how how about your mum? Yeah. Got, just so everyone knows, what's the time? It is ten past eleven um, on a Tuesday night, and I have work <laughs> in the morning. Um, oh shit! What time do I have to be in? I don't know. What time do you need to be in? I don't know. I can never remember. You'd think after like four years of doing the same job, I'd remember what time I'd get in and finish. Um, I think maybe I'll start at eight. Yeah, eight, eight. So I'll have to get up at half six, but I'm still sweaty and I haven't even got home yet to shower. Oh, my dude. Like, uh, I'm going to be up at for tomorrow right it's not a fucking competition well you made a competition <laughs> let's just say that okay 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 this is what i wanted to talk to you about so syphilis no ah. it's a it's a gift oh. i'm gonna show you this and i'll put it up on the instagram page once we're done but um oh this isn't even gonna fucking load now Watch, watch that. I saw this um, on your profile, and it's a bloke that doesn't want to be seen with the woman's handbag. Yeah. And the men clapping because he puts it into a normal bag. Yeah. I don't get it. It's... I don't get it. It's so stupid. Like, well, surely men don't agree with that and find that gift funny. You'd be surprised, <laughs> is the honest answer to that. Like, the amount of people who actually like see themselves as one of the old men clapping at the end like oh yeah well done well done good work good work your uh your fragile masculinity so for the people that intact. haven't seen it some woman gives her partner her pink handbag and instantly as soon as she walks into the shop he drops it on the floor picks it up in like kind of like a like bin bag yeah like <laughs> like he's picking up dog shit um Picks it up, folds it, and then he's not holding the woman's handbag. Yeah. And it's like, what fragile masculinity is that? Like, at the end of the day, it's... It, even if I was like, like the biggest man in the fucking world, if my missus trusts me to hold on to her handbag and protect hmm. all her valuables, let, well, let's be honest, women have everything in their <laughs> fucking handbags. I don't carry a handbag, but I've seen the handbags. Yeah. And I've held... Well, ex-girlfriend's handbags and uh, fuck it like, I'd, I'd hold it like let's be proud of the fact that they trust you with their belongings and they mm. know they wouldn't, won't get robbed from you like, what's wrong with you but also who's who's receiving that and going oh no people are going to think this is a miss of me like you're holding your partner's bag to be fair, they're probably in the closet aren't they yeah that makes sense well yeah they're probably in the closet and thinking, oh, if I hold this handbag, people will know I'm a oh, gay boy. No. Not even just that. Like, um, 
I remember there were a few instances, um, like in my life pre-transition where like you kind of, you want to steer away from doing anything overly effeminate just in case Mm. it triggers questions. Mm -hmm. So like, I wouldn't go to like the extreme of that gif, but at the same time (laughs) you'd be, I'd be like very conscious of like, it's one of the reasons I don't really drink or I've never really done drugs and stuff because I've always... Never really done drugs. <laughs> no, like I, I, obviously I, I drink occasionally, but um, it's very sparse. Like, and that's partly to do to do with like how I grew up, and like I've always found um, I've relied on my language skills to um, kind of build my suit of armor. Like I was talking to you about last week. Um, so steering conversations away from certain things and, uh, like I can't do that if I'm inebriated. So I didn't want to get drunk in case something came out or I did something, uh, that people found questionable. So, um, yeah, like I can understand it from that point of view, but like if you're a cis man, and you're comfortable with who you are as a person holding a bag shouldn't really mean anything yeah. that's the only reason why i say yeah you're clearly not comfortable as a man if you feel the need to do that mm. and i I'm, I'm saying it because i think it needs to be said as well that you're clearly not comfortable yeah yeah because then it may challenge their behavior yeah, um, of course. Into questioning whether that's acceptable behaviour or not. Um, I think it's hard because I've met some homophobic people and I've turned around to them and just thought, oh, you're clearly gay. Yeah. You're okay. Like, you can come <laughs> out to me. I'm gay too. Don't worry. Like, we all suffer with a homophobia. You don't need to sneak when... around and suck dick behind uh, a Starbucks. Like, you can... <laughs> no, no, just go... You know, like, we've all suffered with a homophobia, just, you know, but I'm here for you if you yeah. need it, and they fucking hate it, and then, like, four years down the line, it's like, hey, there you are, in the gay bar. Um, no, I've seen it, I've been there, I've done that. I, look, I think sometimes it's weird for me, because I take myself out of the situation, and sometimes people are like, I get a lot of, you don't look like a lesbian, you don't come across like a lesbian, you're not... Uh, I and I, a... I, I would say I really do, but I also know that for me, I did come out. I didn't come out young. Like no. I came out when I was seventeen, so that's you came quite out young. Earlyish. Yeah, like that yeah. is early. And I've always, I suppose, I've been very secure in who I am and my appearance, and that that I've mm. never felt. I don't know whether it was because my mom, when I was younger, stopped me from having my hair cut short or. Mm. draw that in saying you can be feminine but still be you you can she was very like you can you're a beautiful girl like you know she want she wanted that Mm. and i think in a way it's it has helped because i'm i don't know like but you flip between the two extremes yeah which is i'm like a total catfish i can go proper girly girl (laughs) to like who got pandoras and the hair's messy um i can flip between the two quite comfortably Mm. Um, I've never felt the need to, as I've grown up, to like 
sort of flaunt the fact that I'm a lesbian in my no. appearance. And I'm not saying that that's a thing, but at the same time, you only have to go into a gay club to recognise that there are a lot of lesbians that will have sleeve tattoos mm. or have um, masculine clothing or short hair. Look, stereotypes exist for a reason. That's what I'm trying to say, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, Hayley and I were talking about this the other day. She was having a conversation with someone um, not so long ago who uh, they were talking about Caitlyn and Jenna on uh, yeah. I'm a Celebrity and stuff. And they're like, oh why wait this long to do it like and all of this and like as <laughs> much as factors we ain't got time to exactly go but like as much as i've uh slandered <laughs> caitlin in the past like i can do nothing but applaud that woman's bravery for going into the like, like 70 years old and rocking a bikini like that's impressive like that takes like literal courage and um like i got really sad knowing that like when she ended up leaving there was no one there to greet her mm. and like after everything that she went through in the jungles like it like it's really sad like mm. everyone else has someone like at the other side of the bridge waiting to wave on she just went to an empty bridge like I'm gonna well up in a minute because it makes me sad it's not fair but like she was saying yeah. um the I woman... think there's so much there's so much to it we probably yeah don't know or understand and I'm and like I've said we I've slagged off Caitlyn Jenner in the past yeah because at the same time like I think it is sad I don't think anyone should go back to nothing no. but I also think that all of her family would be there if she did things a mm. bit differently. Yeah. And I'm not saying about her transition on about her as a person, person. Yeah. in the sense where she does come across back in the day when she first trans- oh, she came was out totally ignorant of the whole of community. Dickhead, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know about it. I think unless you're there, like you don't know. But at mm. the same time, I can't imagine it just being on a basis of her being trans. I don't no, like that's. I think it's hard, although the media, I think, have made it out as that. And I'm happy about that yeah. because I do believe that there has to be a rep- sort of a representative mm. of the fact that there are many people in the LGBTQ community that get abandoned after coming out or transitioning or oh, doing yeah. whatever. So I think regardless whether I know whether that's a fact or not, I have liked it, how it's been portrayed that way mm. and how it's it could be that way i'm not questioning yeah. it but at the same time like but anyway yeah. hey talking to this woman and like she's saying uh all of this stuff about Caitlyn, and then it becomes more general about trans people mm. and um she's like oh well you always know like you can tell can't you this this and this 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 and this and uh hey said like i let her finish her spiel and i was like one of my best friends is trans and She's actually quite nice. <laughs> and started talking to her about it. She's like, oh, well, not, not everyone. Like, um, Hayley was basically saying, like, you only see the ones that stand out in every community. And, like, uh, the, she also had, like, a conversation about uh, gays and stuff. She's like, oh, well, you can tell a lesbian, can't you? Because they're, like, they're, like, bigger with, uh, um, oh, what is it called? Like, checked shirts on. Flannels. Yeah. Some flannel. We all own a flannel shirt. It's like, well, no, 
like you see what you want to see essentially like you see the ones that stand out that's literally it like um for a long for so long like trans people have been portrayed as builders in dresses and like that's what everyone has in their mind and like people like there are like it breaks my heart when like people transition later on in life and then that's that's their lot they have to transition like it's so difficult but like they have it takes so much courage to do it that uh far into your life because one you've lived your life in this massive way and then you have to basically draw a line in the sand and start again and then you also have this like bombardment of judgment that you have no control over because the only thing you can actually do is make the changes that you need to mitigate your dysphoria. And like, if that doesn't bring you in line with the um, traditional beauty norms, then you're just going to have to deal with the, the life that that brings. Like I've always said, I honestly believe it's so much harder for M2, um, M to L, M, M to T, M, <laughs> M to F, M to F, so male to female transitions than it is for female to male. And I'll tell you this now, because there is a massive pressure on how Mm. and what acceptable for women to look like. Yeah. So, and that's that's the thing, like, it's not just someone transitioning from, Mm. they're instantly put onto this homophobia and, um, feminine beauty standards feminine beauty standards and it's so then you're not just also like you're not just getting that judgment from men you're getting it from women as well and then that's that's the difference between transitioning Mm. between the two like that's one of the differences like i I don't want to be completely ignorant but like if you're transitioning from uh like assigned female at birth to male like women won't be as judgmental and men don't care like yeah it, you'll fit in and i'm not being funny but like no one really looks at men down the street and then judges them on their body or appearance or mm. whatever there's right but literally everyone does it to females but that's societal yeah like that's something that's systemic and has been bred into like almost every facet of female like life it, like it's a it's a measure of control mm. that's happened since like the dawn of time uh, to keep women like, quite, quite th- in their place I think it's one of these things as well like when we were speaking about um, stereotypes and one thing that really frustrates me mm. is I really do hate coming out mm. like and people may be like oh, you don't you know you don't hide it like you do go around like, yeah with, um, and I'm like but sometimes you know I don't hide it but yeah. even say with my watch my new work lot yeah we were out the other day and it was like a joke like oh so what why did you split with your ex-boyfriend yeah and i literally can't even bring myself to be like Mm. oh no it's not a boyfriend it's a girlfriend or i just can't it's just not within me to do it i'd rather just brush it over because i know it will always be a big deal yeah or like oh really and then it go into nothing and this is the thing like what annoys me is when people mock, um, don't assume my gender or don't assume my sexuality too, because I <laughs> I really understand people who are non-binary. Yeah. 
I understand that thing of how it puts them into a really awkward situation to just either accept it or yeah whatever. And I understand that I don't fit the stereotypes of mm. a lesbian. I don't look like a lesbian, um, although I don't know what that means. Um, well, this... I understand that, but at the same time, like, please, like, it's so frustrating for people just to assume that I'm straight mm. or, like, get, like women before they realise I'm gay get intimidated because I'm friends with their me- like yeah. their male like their fellas or whatever it's like fucking hell like literally don't what, how about flavor? you just like you could just ask me or like you know like just be like oh so you know you've got, got yeah. a partner like yeah well this is the thing like more and more recently I found myself using quite neutral language like mm-hmm. in general so like I initially did it because I like frustrating people. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I always say partner instead of, like, girlfriend or boyfriend. Because I like the air of ambiguity, at least, mm. where they have to delve deeper and I refuse to delve any deeper. <laughs> but, like, since... When did I move to Liverpool? Like, early 2016. Um, One of the things that... I started doing to help with my confidence initially uh, when I started to transition socially was just assume that everyone knew that I was trans yeah and then deal with everything that way because then that eliminated the barrier of do they know or do they don't mm-hmm. even though that made no sense no it made <laughs> do sense they do or do they don't do they do or do they don't <laughs> but like um so yeah, if I if I removed that, it just meant that I was more free to act and behave as I saw fit. And like one of the things that m- a lot of trans people do um, is they oversteer into their uh, preferred gender space. So like you'll find um, people in early transition, like from male to female, they'll go hyper feminine, and then they have like. Personally, I believe you have to oversteer so you can find your happy medium. Because, mm-hmm. like, there's so much space. And, like, one thing that I think most people in general don't seem to grasp is femininity as a concept is something that you define for yourself. You can't really place your constructs on somebody else even though you do it on a daily basis. But, like, your idea of femininity is going to be different to my idea of femininity. I I assume they're fairly similar, but they're not going to be exactly the same. And it's the same with masculinity. Like, you could be hyper-masculine, you can be, like, somewhere in the middle. Like, everything is a spectrum. That's Mm -hmm. how I see everything. Um, And it's like... I think it's weird as well because like you said about balance yeah like balancing and maybe this is why I maybe you've just sparked something there Hmm. and I was just thinking about like obviously what you've said about on a spectrum of feminine what feminine being a female is in my head and uh, maybe not being I'm, a female yeah. femininity Fem- <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get through it. yeah there's just so many words going yeah. but because I'm quite um, masculine in build I'm mm. quite sort of muscular and um, stocky 
So then I would say you're trying so to then, say that women can't be muscular. No, that's... <laughs> um, so I think to a certain degree, I like having my long blonde hair. Yeah. Um, I like dressing up. I like wearing sexy underwear every now and again because I'm like, that's me... Expressing your feminine. That's me keeping my feminine side yeah. to a certain degree because I lose it so much when I'm doing all the jobs that I do. Like, I'm a... You know... I know it's an e- it's trying to be an equal job, but mm. firefighting is known to be a masculine job. Like, yeah. um, you know, I fight, I do martial arts. You give I off get, a, little, like, a lot of big dick energy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, weirdly enough, everyone who I've slept with said, I had a big old dick. <laughs> <laughs> I had one. Um, quite, sometimes that upsets me. I'm not trans, but it does upset me sometimes that... That you don't have a penis. don't have a penis. I just want to give women babies. I'd be like... <laughs> I'd be like the Graces. Just the Noonses. There'd be so many babies if I had a dick. It's probably why they did not give me a dick. I'd be like, oh, I just had a baby. I saw an article today about... Um, they just performed, like, a testicle transplant. So, um, like, the... Like, medical science is progressing to the point where they may be able to give trans men functioning testings. What? I know, that's pretty dope. But would they have to have, like, what? Couldn't they create their own sperm with their genes? They have testes. Yeah, but surely they can't produce their own DNA sperm. Yeah. What? It's, uh... Wait a sec, can't they take bits of my uterus pump it into like some tadpoles and then use that <laughs> no oh. um but like i just want i just want to give a woman my baby you want a baby with your face yeah but you don't want to give birth to it no <laughs> no because that would involve I, I wouldn't care giving birth to a baby if it wasn't some random man sperm in me yeah if it was like my girlfriend and they, they created sperm as well. for her, for off her. They can. Um, uh, I know they said something about like they, they put can... two women's. So they take the eggs together, and then it made a female baby, but it was in a mouse, wasn't it? No. Um, so like, what they can do is take the DNA from a, a female egg, and then get it to, and essentially get like another egg to think that it's uh, sperm DNA. So you still, it crosses the the threshold into the egg and it fertilises, but it's, it just changes something from the egg. Like, I wish I was a scientist and I know some, uh, I know some scientists who probably have a lot more information. Okay, keep going because I'm really intrigued by this. I don't need scientific <laughs> words. Like so just in, in layman's terms, they take an egg from, uh, like a donor egg. Okay, we got that far. They um, <laughs> they extract the DNA from that egg and then they like essentially inseminate it into another egg. They trick another egg into thinking yeah. it's sperm. And then, and it, then takes... it accepts it as sperm and then the cells start to reproduce like they would normally. And so, have they actually made a baby out of this? Like one I that hasn't so. come out with eight arms? No, it's a normal baby. It's a normal functioning baby. Wow, just 
as as normal as normal is, what is normal? <laughs> yeah, my favourite question. Like, you wouldn't want like one with like loads of like eight arms. Yeah. Who doesn't want Ganesh already, as a child? At the end at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day it's already gonna be a freak having two mums. Like you don't wanna give it I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh no, God. I know what you mean. But like was it a healthy baby? Because that's mad. So. That's mad. Really? It's crazy. Okay, if you developed this, um, please get in touch because there's many a women that want my baby that I can't <laughs> give them. Um, I'll see if I'm I can happy find to be the, the experiment. And you can take all the DNA from my womb you like. Just putting it out there. I wonder how many, I wonder how many women would come crawling back. Oh. Don't need a father for my baby now. In your face. In your face. You don't get this. Shit, son. That's a that's a crazy voice, man. <laughs> you don't get this shit. Like, I'm a big fan of the fact that, like, yeah, we've been talking for like an hour and 15 minutes and, like, literally five minutes was on jujitsu. <laughs> Sorry, it's an LGBT podcast. Look. Too. And we honestly have had fuck all to talk about in BJJ. Actually, there was the Look, Gordon Ryan, Ryan oh slash God, um, what's his name? Kick Bo Nickel. Or... Yeah, the white belt. Yeah, who's an awesome wrestler. Yeah. Fucking. Did you hell. see any of it? I've saw the highlights. I've saw the big old suplex. The suplex was fucking. Like, he shouldn't really not. Like, we shouldn't really not expect it. We should. We should have. We expected should have expected. It. Well, it, he was offering it to him. Yeah. Like he was literally. Like, it wasn't necessarily donkey guard, but he was literally just presenting his arsehole to him. So, like, of course he's going to wrap and fucking launch him over his shoulders. Yeah. But, like, um... I don't think he expected it a little bit. I no. I don't think he thought it was I thought he... Happen. Like, you could... From what I saw of it, I thought he thought that he would be able to reach under and yeah. grab the leg before he would be able to get him up. But the way he uh, tucked under and just jumped up, like, caught him completely by yeah. surprise. Do you see the trip as well? No, I don't think so. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, like, so, Caroline does this really... You've tried to do it to me as well. And there's, <laughs> a, <laughs> there's a guy at um, RGA Bucks who's... He was telling me a couple of Sundays ago when I went to comp class that he got his black belt doing the, uh, like, um, it's just like... Two-step sweep. Yeah, yeah. essentially. And, like, he did something similar to that where he just dragged him to one side and took his leg and he just, like, toppled over. But he got straight back up. It didn't matter. But... I remember my um, sensei in Japanese jiu-jitsu got me so good with it one day. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding you. My back was level with his head. I Love went it. so fucking high up because he like sort of like lift my lapel as he did it <laughs> and I just l- fell I'd probably say about <laughs> six foot just pure onto my back and I was just there like <laughs> <laughs> pure like oh it was savagery he got like so good with it it's probably the one it's like, like takedown that I actively want to learn but like I've the timing is it, so hard, like yeah. So that's the literally the thing that's been like you've seen me dance. I have no rhythm. I can't do anything in time. So like, actually timing something like that correctly is almost impossible. It's like um, I'll show you how to do it. I'll I'll do all the technique with you and show you actually how judokas 
trying to do it. Nice. Was it you who I was talking to about, like, <laughs> not enjoying Nogi at all? Mm. Like, I... I need something to grab onto. I love like especially if it's stand up. <laughs> like I'm no good at like um like wrestler grips and stuff. Like I yeah. I can't want well, I can, but I don't like it. So like having a collar and a sleeve to grab onto is much more uh preferred. And like we were doing um I'm just shit when it comes to grips. I got shit grip strength. I don't <laughs> really remember my grips. Like I'm bet that's why I'm better at no gi than I am gi. Mm. But literally every competition, I'll just have Laura Balfour going, Get your grips! <laughs> two grips! Two grips! And I'm just like, Sorry, what? Grips? I don't know what they are. What even is grips? What is a grip? <laughs> How do I perform one? Oh, it's been broken. <laughs> well, you tried to fucking cartwheel past my guard earlier. <laughs> yeah, I just thought of big cartwheel. Tried to piss me off. That's not fair. It was funny. I enjoyed it. It was it was good. One day I'm gonna do that in a competition. I've seen it done in a competition. Yeah, not by me. No, not by you. I'll be very impressed. Like I wanna see video evidence of it happening. (laughs) You'll probably be there. You'll probably be the one it happens to. They don't like mixing belts, <laughs> so it's gonna be a long time. I'll be, I'm gonna be purple belt for at least like five years now because I'm not gonna end up like getting promoted for ages because I've moved teams. That's how life. Right. That's how life works out. You'll be fine. I need a wee. Why do I always need a wee in this podcast? Because it's it goes on for so fucking long. Look. We've been going for an hour and 21 minutes. What are you trying to say here? Because... It says we need to wrap it up so I can go for a pee-pee. Wrap it. Wrap it up. Wrap it up like a fucking cock. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well. Thank you for sitting down and talking to me. Are you training any more this week? We'll see how work goes. (laughs) <laughs> see if I make it in tomorrow like oh that's what I was going to talk about the fucking open mats at the weekend oh what open mats at the weekend no the the weekend just gone the ones that you missed because you were fucking oh. out in London were you out in London this weekend? yeah I was yeah drinking as usual I don't think we've had a single podcast where we haven't talked about your fucking alcoholism <laughs> no I like I work hard <laughs> I play harder okay nothing wrong with that I'm like a I'm like a alcoholic version of the Diaz brothers you work hard you gay harder I get it it's fine I wish I gayed harder imagine imagine if I actually bothered being gay gay imagine if I actually like invested time in pulling or dating or stuff like that I'd be like Shane I'd be like Shane off the L word I don't know who that is I'd, I'd, I'd be a slut and Fuck all the women. Straight, gay, bi. Nice. That's pretty cool. But I'm not like that. One girl, one girl at a time. I like to get my heart broken. That's pretty dope. I like that. I hope you get your heart broken. That's why you need to stop saying that I'm like some sort... You, you're the worst for it. You make out that I'm sort of like... Some player with date. You're I a will, Lothario. I will, I will introduce you to some of my mates that date. 
I just, I just, <laughs> you make out that I'm like that. <laughs> I've never not. made out that you're a slut. You do all the time. What are you talking about? I say you get around. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I get around what? I get Fuck. around stable relationships. They weren't not stable. I get around long term <laughs> relationships. Fuck! Give me a break. Like coming from someone who can count the number of relationships they've had. On a single hand, like it's, when, okay, it's really rich. When we're on about relationships, we're on about sexual relationships or relationships. I don't know. Like, I think it's, I think it's tacky to keep, like, your number. No, I'm saying, you said just said. Uh, yeah, about like, the number of relationships on one hand, like relationship, relationships, like like proper proper relationships in, like uh. Something that transcends, like, just physical. Something that means more to Sex you. Sex or relationships. Relationships. Then I can do it on one hand, too. Look at you go. You're a fucking hero. <laughs> well, you brought up the hand counting. Well, it, uh, Sexual relationships. I'll have to get hold of that um, <laughs> fucked up child. <laughs> With eight arms. <laughs> no, that's not the case. I'm playing up there. I'd say, yeah. how many hands would I need? Under free hands. That's pretty cool. I think that's alright for a 21st century woman. Yeah. Feminism. Honestly. Not my fault. I wanted to marry every one of them. It's not my fault. No. I'm joking. I didn't. They're all arseholes. Um, I'm glad I'm rid. Um, But like... Okay. This is a double standard that really irks me. Because like... It's... I don't understand why it's okay for men to sleep with everyone and it's fine. It's not. And then... If I was straight and a man turned around to me and said, like, they'd slept with a lot of people, I'd be like, ugh. Yeah, but they do. I'd just... Oh, it would put me off. Yeah, but, like... And weirdly, I've had... I've been with women who have slept with a lot of people Mm. and I wasn't put off. Because I was like feminism, yeah. But then I do second guess it and say, why was it, why would I, if I was straight and a man said it, be like ugh, yeah. And then I wasn't with a woman, so I think it comes down to, um, I think there has to be, something where your views don't come into it because in mm-hmm. hindsight, um, that person was wrong for me, and I, like yeah. them sort of things should have been. A red flag that we treat our importance to our sexual relationships differently to others, and I think there are certain things like where. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, with every sexual partner you have, you increase the risk of like getting an STI or whatever. Like, I understand it from that point of view. I'm not on about from there. I think like, Like to me, like. I've met people who have slept with a lot of people mm. and I could do that, but I'm a bit more picky. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, but like there is, there is a part of me where there has to become, and it's not about gender. It's not about yeah. feminism and all that. I think if you are someone that slept with a lot of people and you judge someone for sleeping with a lot of people, then mm. you're wrong. 
because that's not fair. Yeah, but do you not think but, that that's what society does? Yeah, massively. But I think for yeah. me personally, yeah, I think you've got to be in sync with that same sort of person. So if you've slept, like, if you're going to go into a relationship with someone who's slept with a lot of people, mm. like loads, then you have a different view on what sex means to you. Mm. Like, because for me, I don't give it out willy nilly. Like, for me, it's something that um, has to be earned. Yeah, and like I would never have like, I'm not someone for one night stands. I'm not, yeah, into that. Like, don't get me wrong. I think there's a difference when you're coming out and you're young, yeah, and you're experimenting. You're trying to work out what the yeah. fuck's going on. Um, but honestly, like, I'm I'm thinking back to the last. I always call it my slut years. <laughs> and uh, I think it's funny to embrace the word I do. Like, yeah. When I've said to you, like, honestly, like, under three, under three hands, I'd yeah. need to count. Um, I always say, like, the majority of them were in my coming out years where I just didn't have a fucking clue. Yeah. Like, about... Uh, You're figuring and, yourself and I, out. And I got messed around a bit because you don't know how to deal with the gay community. And, yeah. you know, like... and. You generally like throwing yourself into things because you're like, oh my god, some girl likes me. This is great. Yeah. And then, oh no, it's just another tick box because they have a different perspective on life and their view on relationships, which is fine. But I think it's always honest to be that way. Yeah. Um, and honest to say, like, oh, rather than have people with false hope or expectations. Um, but when I look into the last probably six seven years probably 10 years mm. i could count that on one hand yeah what about like so your story is interesting to me because you did come out quite young mm-hmm. so were you still at school you went to university um no i was at college when i came out like how did that go down because like um in what sense with friends with family with yeah like i couldn't i thought about it a lot growing up and the thought of transitioning in any school environment scared the fuck out of me so like how did you like obviously you're always gay but like how did that change your interactions with people when you came out? Like, did it even make a difference? I would have to say I'm very lucky for the friends that I had. Mm. Like, none of them was just mental. Everyone was so supportive. They didn't change anything. They would still walk around naked in front of me, hug me. Like, mm. like, like there's no... There's no change there whatsoever with my friends, and that was so important. If I had friends who weren't, who were those things, oh my god, I wouldn't know what I'd do. It yeah. would have been horrendous. Um, so I'm, I, my coming out was made easy because of my friends. Um, don't yeah. get me wrong. There's a lot of shit that they could have done better. Yeah. Um, because you know when it's. Like when you when you first come out and then you lose your virginity to a girl and then they fucking break your heart and then mm. you have no 
intake into the gay world whatsoever. Like, bless them, they all fucking would come on, gay, take me on gay nights out. Um, but at the same time, they also did the bad thing of going, oh, well, maybe you're not gay. Like, maybe you should, like, you know, sleep with some men and do that. Mm. But at the same time, they're the same. They were the same age as me. They never yeah. had a gay best friend before. They never knew the ropes. They but they yeah. did what they thought was right at the right time, and that's mm. they're fucking great. Like I can't fault them. Yeah. And when I wasn't comfortable coming out at home and stuff like that, like my friends were the ones around me, mm. and that's awesome. Yeah. Like I really struggled with coming out, like in general. Um. Because for a long time, I didn't understand it myself. And like, I remember the first time I spoke to anyone about it, it was my um, it's like my middle sister. Um, I think I was like 21, 22. No, it wasn't. It was about 20. Huh. And then, um, like, I called her, like, in tears, just saying, look, I need to talk to you about something. Ra, 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 ra. She was like, oh my god, you're gay. Oh, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. I was like, mm, not not really. Um, and I talked her through it. I was like, oh yeah. Um, like, I think I'm trans. And this, this and this. She was like, oh, have you heard of... Um, what did she say? Like, there was a, a show on Radio 1 where like it was like a doctor's surgery. Yeah. Like they made you call in on like a Sunday night. She's like, why don't you call into them and talk to them about it? I was like, <laughs> what? Go on fucking national yeah. radio and talk to these people about something I'm like ridiculously insecure about. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's the thing. Like, it's it's a weird one because, like, I, I've spoke to you well on Fight Like a Girl yeah. podcast about my coming out and the fact that my sister outed me. Um, that's exactly what happened to me as well, though. But like, you, that sister. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, I've spoke to Haley since, or I'll speak to her now, and she yeah. would never, ever in her life out anyone ever again because yeah. she saw, she did something that she thought was fine at the time because she was innocent to know. Mm. She was innocently minded in the sense of thinking how a coming out works or how it goes down. Yeah. And she'd never come she'd never dealt with having a gay sister before so how else would she have known that that was going to yeah. go bad she was ignorant to that fact yes but at the time did i hate her for it yeah now i'm like oh fuck it like at the end of the day mm. she did it wasn't really her fault she did what she thought was right Best at the time you, yeah. and she she did mess up and but she's learned from it so she would never come out for anyone else uh, yeah but also the thing that i would always urge is to question the intent because like obviously in that example she wasn't trying to be malicious she wasn't trying yeah. to hurt you in any way she was like oh my god save me scared yeah <laughs> okay yeah. yeah let's not do that um <laughs> but like i think the only annoying thing for me about it is that i said to her can you please not tell anyone while i work this out yeah and it was that broken trust that yeah. upset me more because at the end of the day um i think about it all is when she... when she outed me and it went didn't go down too great 
I didn't have the answers to yeah give well exactly I didn't know um and what I would have liked is to have had the time to have spoken met more gay people speak to more gay people or do more research on how to deal with coming out or what information to have so when you get asked the questions which are typical responses from parents mm. to be able to be forthcoming with actual information rather than I don't know I'm sorry what? I don't know myself I don't know that's um, the thing it denied you that conversation yeah and but it's like yeah like you can look back on it now and it's fine but like I remember I'm lucky to say it's fine I won't I won't yeah. ever say that because a lot of people have been made homeless and stuff and I've well exactly yeah like, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely lucky to be in the position that I'm in, because like, it's also something that I feel like a tremendous amount of like guilt for as well, because like, where I see myself as kind of succeeding in a lot of places, I, it stresses me out a bit because. I I keep an eye on the community as a whole and like I don't like to see people struggle and it really I find it really difficult to just let things like that be so like I go out of my way to try and help the people who are like genuinely struggling um I like I've bought people things I've given them places to stay like I'm just a I'm a bit of a twat like that like my therapist said that uh, she wanted to talk to me more about it because it's detrimental to my uh, it's exactly like what we were talking mm. about the very beginning of the podcast where yeah. it's like I I want to help I want to like kind of give them something positive because I know where that negative space goes like because I've been there as well like I don't know like I think it's hard because sometimes I'm like it's a nice trait to have it's a very generous loving lovely trait to have but sometimes only because we've given that to the wrong person mm. doesn't mean that when the right person comes along they should not yeah. receive that and I think that's a really hard thing for me is I try not to allow previous relationships to affect me going forward into new ones mm. because I don't think damage from other relationships should change your ways of dealing with new ones because they, then people can be completely different. Um, I think it's a really tough one because it all depends on the person. And I think, yeah. and I, think I go in and out of trying to be this person from learning from many different relationships on how to behave what was right for them what was wrong for them mm. and you go into the new relationship and then it's like everything that was wrong for them is right for the other and everything that was right for them is wrong for them and mm. you're like fucking hell women are <laughs> fucking crazy like I, that, no one's the same and i think that's the issue is i think to a certain degree i i am someone that will try and adapt to a new person to new people and um, be the best person for them when actually i just need to be confident in who i am and find the right person for me yeah not become the right person for them exactly 
you shouldn't be chipping away at yourself no, to fit that box. because it's wasting everyone's time. Yeah. But that's something it's that the, I have to... But it's the same... It's kind of the same as jiu-jitsu. Like we were talking about... Yeah, that's a good point, jiu-jitsu. Yeah. It's like we were talking about earlier on. Like, if you have someone whose ego is so severe that they can't move hmm. to progress, like, something that's supposed to be just a role yeah like then no one's gonna progress like the whole like I've, I've spoken a lot over the past few episodes about just enjoying jujitsu again yeah. and finding the fun in it like and like that's when you start to grow as a person and you help other people grow because you get to be an enabler in that respect like if you're more experienced in like that environment then you get the benefit of passing some of your knowledge and experience onto someone else if you go with someone who's more experienced you get the benefit of their experience and they mm -hmm. get the benefit of yours like it it should be a trade-off and it's the yeah. same with relationships like no one should be overpowering the other it should be like a venn diagram where you both have separate likes and interests but you have a bit in the middle where you both kind of merge yeah and like that's something that's very important in relationships like you need to have your own things mm. like definitely you need to have the trust that they're gonna like the trust that you can let them like do their own thing because mm. like I remember when uh, I was with Kat I was like oh I'm going out to Milton Keynes for the weekend like I live in Southampton so I used to come up here to see my family and stuff and she was like yeah I don't want to go this time I was like cool sit yourself uh, like whatever you want to do this weekend and stuff and um, it was fine We'd both just do our own thing for the weekend and catch up when we get home. Like, that's that's what it should be. Like, she didn't message me all weekend. What are you doing? How is this? What's this, this and this? It was just, no, we got to spend time apart so we could appreciate See, our time together. That's weird for me. Why? Because when I've been with someone, everything I've done is normally with them by my side. Hmm. And I don't know whether that, I don't know why that is. I don't, but is that I something that you something. instigate or is it something that I don't, just happens? I don't happens? know. Sometimes, I, sometimes maybe I just assume that that's the case. Mm. I, I, I honestly can't. I, it's something that I have to delve into in my life. Because I assume that if I want to do it, my partner will want to do it too. Mm. And I don't want them being left out. So they're going to come do it with me. <laughs> And then maybe because I'm just a bit over domineering in that way that they don't even get an option to say no. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I just think, oh, well, why would you not want to spend time together? It, like, you have to remember that even though you're in a relationship, you're still just, like, you're still two individual people. Mm. And, like, sometimes you just need to be alone. Oh, we understand that, but yeah. I don't know whether I have rooted insecurities in the sense where 
Yeah. Um, if someone doesn't want to do something with you, yeah, then or, it's about or you. Or if they don't want to be around me, I don't. I'm like, oh god, what have I done wrong? Have I done something wrong? Why would they not want to spend their time? But I don't know whether I find because I am so happy being in someone else's company all the time mm. that sometimes I don't understand that that isn't the case for everyone. Yeah. So that's probably why people would assume that I was needy. Maybe. I'm going to be your therapist and this is going to be Go like on, be your therapy from now on. on. Be brutal. <laughs> Tell me. No, I'm just saying <laughs> like you should pay me to be on this podcast now because I'm essentially a therapist. Yeah, you just made me brutal. I'm going to go home and cry, <laughs> um, but first of all, I'm probably going to piss myself on your couch. Nice. Nice. That's pretty cool. Like, okay, so one, I'm insightful as fuck and I'm super smart, so always go by what I say. Okay. And two, thank you very much for speaking to me. <laughs> it's been awesome catching up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my back. My neck. I was like, can we get done for copyright if we play a song just down for a second? Uh, I think you could play about four or five seconds. Okay. Um, So, I discovered my new Christmas song for the year. Oh. Is it Wham? Is to somehow Pop that get pussy. that on the family playlist, um, <laughs> and then record my nan's face. That's my aim this Christmas day, just to be like, just for, and then just come through because I know straight away she'll pierce at me, being like, <laughs> "That's brilliant." Oh, you ladies, pop your pussy like this. Shake your body, don't tap, don't twist. Oh, you ladies, pop that thing like that. Yeah, it sounds like a wait. banger. That's literally the only reason I'm going home for Christmas, that. That thought in my head. Nice. Play that to my nan. Get an Instagram video for it. And your jacket. Did you... Or have you already got it? Yeah, and the present. I'll go home and get that. <laughs> Sweet. Presents. Piss you know. Oh, to be fair, they've got a free dinner, but I could get that at the food bank, probably. Um. Yeah. All good. Okay, I need to wait and I need to go right. home. It is over midnight and is fuck it? me. I've uh, got to be up in six hours and I've still got a shower and my housemate's going to be asleep. And um, if I wake up, I will not hear the end of it. I will get killed. Well, thank you very much for listening. Thank you. It's been awesome that you've kept with us this whole time. Yes, thanks. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, let's end it now because I'm about to piss myself. I just want to see how long you'll sit there before you go. <laughs> okay, love you all. Bye. Love you, bye. Thank you, bye. <laughs>